The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Oh, my goodness, you've all heard of this, I'm sure. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. I'm going to suggest that this classic children's nursery rhyme should become a grown-up, everyday, present-day mantra for every company trying to do business in our huge global market. Why? Because the handwriting's on the wall. Either do it better That means operating more efficiently and continually innovating to meet your market demands or succumb to rising costs and proactive competitors, and you know what that means. But how can you do it? Well, SAP's Peter Russo says many standard processes can be covered quickly, efficiently, and at a much lower cost thanks to pre-configuration and new implementation techniques and tools. Not only does this bring a rapid ROI, that's return on investment, but it frees up resources for where solution differentiation will have a stronger impact. We'll hear from Peter in a minute, and he'll explain that more. And T-Systems, Dr. Uwe Heckert, already sees the ICT service industry trend moving toward simplification, standardization, and flexibility, which are all a good thing. But he adds quality improvements and implementation speed increases in the existing IT landscapes, eh, there's still an issue. So I invite you to pour yourself a cup of Joe, Earl, or OJ and join us for Food for Thought today on the topic, game-changing innovation, one bit at a time. Let me tell you a little bit about my special guests, and then we'll hear from them. Peter Russo, Senior Director Marketing at SAP, has supported SAP Rapid Deployment Solutions since 2011. We'll also be joined by Tobias Ortwine, he's going to allow me to call him Toby because we're friends already. Toby Ortwine is a senior VP project services in SAP services markets for PAC in Germany. We'll be joined by Dr. Uwe Heckert, who I just quoted, is a senior VP of SAP solutions for T-Systems Systems Integration Unit, and he's a member of the Management Committee Systems Integration at T-Systems International. And rounding out our expert panel is Sasha Kuhlmann. Director of Enterprise Architecture at SAP America. He's a member of the Open Group Board of Directors, and he's also a member of the SAP University Alliance, where over 900 universities are working together to develop a global EA curriculum. So for our listeners, I want you to tweet comments to us at pound sign SAP Radio. Tell us what you're drinking in your coffee cup today at pound sign SAP Radio Coffee and visit us at Coffee Break for game cha- with Game Changers on Facebook. Okay, let's kick this off. Peter Russo, let's hear from you first. How are you today, Peter? 
Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the uh, program today. Oh, my pleasure. I always ask my guests for a provocative quote, and I must say, Peter Russo, you sent me one of the most provocative quotes I've received from anybody. Let me read it, and then we can talk just for a minute and get your POV, your point of view on this. You say, we're not so different, you and I, and you quote Dr. Evil. I have to know more about that. And you you add, increasingly companies... This is coming from Austin Powers, of course. Of course. Go ahead. what, What I'm relating here in IT is basically, you know, year after year, there's a lot of companies that will implement software and spend a lot of time on blueprinting, customization for processes that really aren't so different from company to company. So what I'm trying to point to here is that, you know, there's a set of, of functionality that companies can deploy that are according to standard processes. So, you know, we've heard about best practices for... Years and years, but I think we're really um, at the reality today where pre-configuration of the solution, which basically means you are predefining what are the processes, uh, what is the functionality that's going to be implemented, this has the opportunity to basically cut out blueprinting as part of an implementation, which sometimes can be 20, 30, sometimes even 40% of implementation costs and time. Uh, so it has a major impact on an organization. And the whole point of this conversation today, Peter, I want to tell our listeners that we're talking about efficiencies. How can you, I won't say clean up your act, but how can you tighten all these IT processes that have been around, some of them for so long, and free up people, free up money, free up that old elusive resource called time. Build more time into your day and your people's clocks so that you can look to other parts of the company and innovate. And that's the whole point of Game changers. That's what we're talking about. Is exactly. so we're basically taking. I won't say borrowing from Peter, Peter to pay Paul, but we're saying, what can you do? One part of the organization that will free up what you need to right. really change the game and compete. So I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to bring on our second guest. We want to hear everybody's voices in the first segment. Toby Ortwine from Pack. Welcome to Coffee Break. How are you today, Toby? I'm very fine. Thank you for having me in, in, in your program, Bonnie. It's very interesting. Pleasure, pleasure is mine. Now, I have a quote from you as well, and this was a, also a very provocative one. Toby says, in the past, it was the CIO's major task to do the things right, but today it's more than ever about doing the right things. Why don't you tell me a little more about that, Toby, please? Yeah, I think when we take Pete's quote here, and when we talk about uh, efficiency, that's what I mean, uh, doing the things right. Uh, this was the major challenge, I say, or is also today the major challenge of the CIOs. But when we talk about game changers and how the, the life and the, the way to work of the CIOs, their role, their future role, uh, what we expect where the CIOs have to develop towards is even more to think about doing the right things. So uh, IT is even is, is becoming more and more complex, and I think SAP is a very good example to see this because SAP was a one-product company. Now you have integrated a lot of different products with buying uh, sideways, uh, uh, the mobility space, uh, business objects, and so on. So there are a lot of different approaches, and, and it's it's even becoming more challenging 
doing the, the, the right things, how to use IT and, and how to use it in the, in the, in the best way to, to support it the best way the business and to increase uh, the value contribution finally of the IT. So already a point to discuss, uh, I think, with Pete. Um, can we stop at this point to talk about or <laughs> only to talk about efficiency? Shouldn't we uh, even include here in our discussion more the effectiveness uh, of the IT? We're going to add that in, but first I have two more guests. I have to add their voices to the coffee break table here, and we're going to bring them on right now. And thank you, Toby, for your your energy. Uh, and, and I just want to comment on your quote. I'm hearing you say it's not just about doing your job. It's about thinking about your job, thinking about the impact of what you do. We assume people will do things right. That's why you hire them and keep them. But doing the right things is taking a step back and having those insights and visibility. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, and now I'm going to bring on Dr. Uwe Heckard. Welcome, Uwe. How are you today? I am fine. Thank you very much. You're coming in loud and clear. This is terrific. Where are you calling from? Actually, I'm in Frankfurt in Germany right now. So Glad to have you on break. board. It is. It is. Well, you know, when we get to the part about what's in your cup, it could be anything. We even allow, uh, I don't know, cold coffee and alcoholic beverages, whatever your choice is. But let me <laughs> let me read your quote. I don't want to leave the witness here. Your quote is, we see a trend toward simplification, standardization, and flexibility. I had this in the opening. But quality improvements and implementation speed increases within existing landscapes are still an issue. So tell me a little more if you can expand on that. People are doing what they need to do, but eh, maybe it's not so great. Is that what you're observing from the vantage? point of T-systems? Well, actually, what I see in many customer situations is just the, for, the fact and the point that, that we like to discuss uh, all the fancy and all the innovative uh, stuff like, you know, where do I get the next, uh, I don't know, iPad or the next fancy solution or whatsoever. But what we see in our, really in the daily requests, in the daily work is that we, uh, that we still need to fix uh, the basics, you know, we still need to create flexible systems, we need uh, to create stable systems, we, uh, we need to allow easy access, we need to increase speed of implementation, so it's very much <coughs> still the, the basics of, the, uh, uh, of, of our IT demand, which we still need to satisf- satisfy, uh, and, and that at uh, uh, a reasonable amount of cost. Because cost is still it's still an issue. Mm-hmm. You bet it is. It always comes down to that bottom line. And I'm going to add in our final speaker today so we everybody can hear him and his POV point of view. Sasha Kuhlman from SAP. Welcome, Sasha. How are you today? Hey, uh, Bonnie. I'm outstanding. And I think it's like it's really good to lead in here from all the people <laughs> I heard so far. And I think building on the top of it, it is right. I think innovation can happen everywhere. But if you want to make innovation effective, it is really you have to think about where can you provide the biggest value. And I was yesterday just at a client session where we had like 30 customers in there, and, and we talked about value, how SAP or implementation projects have not only to deliver, um, uh, be in time and budget, but they also have to deliver value. And the interesting piece is they asked the question, do you actually know your counterparts in the business, what keeps mm-hmm. them awake at night, what are the KPIs? And uh-huh. interesting piece is none of those business, most of those IT people in the room didn't know that. And I think this is important if we think about innovation being effective. 
is a good point. Toby mentioned that. We have to think about where do we make an impact? Absolutely. And how do we really drive successful and innovation forward? Sasha, just before we go to break, and we're very close now, 30 seconds, I want to read the quote you gave me, which is so on point to this conversation. I want everybody to hear this. Sasha said, the new CIO, it's about understanding instead of being understood. Just throwing technology at a problem is not enough. Today's challenges need a new approach to problem solving, system thinking versus linear problem solving. So we're ready to take our first break. I'm going to Start the next segment asking Sasha Kulman to explain the last part, system thinking versus linear problem solving. And when I come back, the first order of business, you all know what that is. We're going to find out what our guests are drinking, what's in their coffee cup or their brandy glass or whatever it is they have for their break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's, and let's focus on the coffee break part. Peter Russo, what's in your cup today, and where are you calling from? Sure. So I'm calling from Washington, D.C., and I have to admit, Bonnie, I listened to your show. So I prepared uh, with something a little more provocative. So my <laughs> usual afternoon drink is yerba mate. So yerba okay. mate, it's kind of, if anybody listens in from Argentina, Uruguay, or southern Brazil, um, it is a uh, herbal drink, uh, so it's an herb from, from the Andes, actually. And it is placed in a mate, which is kind of a hollowed-out gourd covered in calpicho, which is a kind of uh, suede 
uh, from animals down there. And so you have the jerba inside. You pour a little warm water from a thermos, and then you sip it through what's called a bombija. So it's kind of a, a silver straw with a little filter on it, and uh, it's nice. It's kind of like coffee without the jitters and uh, <laughs> tasty stuff. So if, if this people is are listening, great. they've never tried it, go out to kind of Whole Foods or something like that and set yourself up. Peter, this is great. We've never had a recipe on the show. We might have to start a new trend here, the unusual <laughs> yeah, beverage recipe of the day. put together, but it's worth it. And thank you for the language lesson. I appreciate that. I'm going to go back and replay the show and learn learn some. Okay, Toby Ortwine, what are you drinking today? Yeah, but for, for me it's much easier. And, and I'm, you know, I'm based in Munich and Bavaria, and some people may expect me to have already a, cu- a, a cup of beer. Let's say, and I have to, I have to disappoint everybody. It's uh, really a very normal cup of coffee I have here with me, and I love this for, I would say, 25 years now to have this cup of coffee. At least so tell us that the coffee is in a beer stein. Toby. Yeah, that's far <laughs> easier than what Peter is, 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 is drinking at this time. We have to get this. creative with the vessel, if not with the beverage okay and dr uve hecker what are you drinking today actually i i just squeezed the lemon i added some sugar and hot water and now i have a very nice hot lemon juice and i hope that my cold goes away with that oh i hope you're feeling better too but i will tell you you sound wonderful on the air and sasha i'm going to hold off on you because i'm going to ask you for your drink and then we're going to go into your quote because we have a whole stream of coffee orders i like to call them waiting for us on twitter joan welcome to the show today joan is drinking her cuppa uzuri african from pete sounds very exotic joan just like joan malcolm is drinking fair trade organic jardiniere by equator coffees with notes of brown sugar and fresh earth yum he always gives the greatest coffee tweets wendy is drinking cappuccino i guess she's not having a smoothie today sasha we've already heard that you're drinking oh yes another can of coffee we'll hear from you in a second and cindy has a great jamaica roast decaf and i they don't allow me to drink caffeine on show days. So it's just another decaf Starbucks mocha with light whip decaf skim the whole whole nine yards trying to lose it here. Okay, Sasha Kuhlman, what are you drinking today specifically? Yeah, unfortunately, it's a, actually it's not unfortunate. It's a kind of coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm working too long with SAP now, 12 years. And, and when you work with SAP, especially in Germany, you get used to coffee. Everything is done with coffee. Um, every discussion, negotiation. But I have actually a very nice Kona coffee because I had the pleasure to be in Hawaii mm-hmm. actually in, in February. Um, it was nice. Like really a nice session and, and we brought as an experience or like as a memory we brought back Kona coffee. However, if I would be in Frankfurt, you hear my slight accent, so it's hard for me to hide it. Yes. If I would be in Frankfurt or Munich, I definitely would exchange the coffee with the beer. I would love <laughs> to that. Unfortunately, here in Chicago, it's too early in the morning to start drinking beer already and I'm really afraid my boss is listening to me. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Well, you know what, we have to give your... We have to give your boss something to listen to. So we're going to launch into where we ended at the end of the first segment, Sasha. We're going to talk about, you said today's challenges need a new approach to problem solving, system thinking versus linear problem solving. Why don't you tell us a little more about that, and then we'll run with our roundtable segment. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, one thing we see is definitely like that those large programs, which are very structured and and linear, waterfall kind of thinking um, and and project methodology driven forward, they are not feasible anymore. And you see less and less and less of those in the world, actually. Yeah? And only a few were 10 years ago, it was a lot. Nowadays, also, I think, if, if you look at the stuff, 
our our culture, our industry is getting more and more complex, and our customers are having more mm-hmm. and more complex challenges. And if you think about innovation, one of the ideas is really having different people with different skill set looking at problems instead of just the classical McKinsey where there's a whole book about the saying, the first 48 hours I figure out what the problem is. Yeah, I'm not listening really what my customer has to say or my end user. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. saying I listen to the first five sentences and say, oh, you know what? I know exactly what you need, and let's work then towards that goal. This doesn't work happen anymore. And if you really want to be innovative, you have to have really an iterative approach, and you have to actually have different people with different skill sets in this. And I'll give you just an example, which is, has nothing to mm-hmm. do with IT, but there was a toothpaste manufacturer in, in, SA, in, in, in the U.S., and he thought about, hey, how can I sell more toothpaste? Mm-hmm. And if you ask a sales guy, he, he tells you right away, hey, let's make a trade promotion. If you talk to a marketing guy, he says, yeah, let's, let's pack instead of one tube, we, we pack like two or three together. Yeah? Uh-huh. If you ask an engineer, he will ask, you know what, it's very simple. You just increase the outlet side, the, the little hole on the front, you just mm-hmm. increase it. Because then people use more. That's, that's right. Innovation. And that's actually a real example of what customers did. So with just asking, when we intuitively would say, if we ask about more sales, we would ask the salespeople, you get a sales answer. If you mm-hmm. ask an engineer, you get a totally different answer. And the same applies to our projects. Yeah? If I think about a mobile strategy, a mobile device, and I would do it for a target for salespeople, I should probably ask the customer of those salespeople how they perceive really how a mobile application should look like, how the salesperson should interact actually with him with a mobile device. To get right. a different answer, yeah. So those good insights. And in, in, in every kind of innovation approach, what we see is that increasing the connections between different nodes in the system, yeah, different people, different groups, is something which you have to do. And this is where I see really a system thinking approach is getting more and more important. Yeah. We always very, very good, very good go perspective. I want to get Peter Russo in here. And, Peter, and, you're and, also and with an SAP. An what do you What do you think about this? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that there, there are two things linked here, is that companies today, they really have to get inside of their business, see what are the business needs that they want to address. So that, that like we've been saying, it's not so much, um, you know, the CIO kind of leading with, with the investments, pushing it out there, and hopefully it gets used. It's really understanding what are the business needs. Let's tackle those one by one and in a modular way. So, you know, it's always been an issue in IT, but I think since the downturn, we've seen, and I'm speaking to system integrators like T-Systems and so on, companies taking an incremental approach. So they're not trying to size up and scope every business need all at once, let's do a big, large project, but what's the path? What are the priorities of business needs we have to do up front and we can handle in our organization in a low-risk way, and one by one with these modular solutions like rapid deployment solutions, let's nail these down, get that great internal business case, and, and keep moving forward with uh, as an organization. And this could apply to this business functional coverage that's needed as well as innovation. Now, Peter, I, I always ask on this show because we don't know exactly the demographics of our listening audience here on the Business Channel. We do have a global audience. I know the station that 
broadcasts us, they're live on the air now, has a reach of 150 countries, and we can have people with all size businesses and all maturities of business. So I'd like you and, and everybody on the panel to address not only the LE or the large enterprise, the a mature, established business that has an, a lot of systems to look at with the way you're all discussing this look at how can we innovate, streamline, make it more efficient. But I want to also talk to the businesses that are mid-size or even just past the startup stage. Oh, sure. How can they keep this in mind as they grow? So why don't you take that one, and then I'm going to turn to uh, Dr. Uwe Heckert from T-Systems and see what his vantage yeah, point is. Yeah, so Peter, that's an excellent point. I mean, when thank you, you speak about an incremental approach, that's great for all companies, no matter their size. So if you're a okay. small business, by taking this modular approach, step-by-step addressing your business needs, well, you're cutting down on the stress on your company because still you're going to need a lot of internal um, investment, not just in dollars but resources and people, and that could be really tough for small businesses. So mm-hmm. let's say you're a small business and you don't have uh, you know, anything to, to manage sales and contacts and activity management. That could be your first step of innovation just to get proper sales management in place. Then after you have this functionality in place, perhaps you need some analytics on top of that. Perhaps mm-hmm. The next step for you is to bring mobile sales. Then you're bringing great improvement to your organization in this incremental, low-risk low type of way. And then up to the biggest organizations, we have uh, a company we've worked with, uh, Provimi, which is in the animal field-producing um, uh, segment, and they're using in-memory in technology, and the numbers are staggering what they can do with that. A half million euro reduction in working capital within a week when they implement it. 15,000 times faster analysis for their operational reporting, and they're looking at a 40% uh, reduction in their monthly close. Now, those are great numbers. That's, that's innovation. But mm-hmm. when you think of the implementation speed and what I've been speaking about on tools and pre-configuration, this right. is even more staggering. In three days, they did their proof of concept. In three weeks, they were up and running. And in three seconds, they run their COPA analysis. And that's mm. really the, the power of what's possible with these new implementation approaches and tools and pre-configuration. Lightning speed. I want to get Sasha. Uh, let's get Dr. Uwe Heckard in here first, and then we'll wrap up with Sasha. We're heading to the break very, very quickly. So, uh, Uwe, what do you think? Agree? But actually, actually, I, f- I fully agree with, with what, Peter, what Peter has said. Uh, I, I see also two things. One is really the step-by-step approach. So, I mean, only very few customers are, you know, kind of, you know, doing big bang things, uh, but rather you know, doing it in, in, in a stepwise approach, taking stuff, implementing it, testing it, and also bringing it live. That is, that is, that is one dimension. Uh, and the other dimension is also really the, the piloting, the agile uh, development kind of approach. We also did the agile development or in the Scrum method uh, in the CRM system within, within our own company. Uh, and we got it really live uh, much faster than we have seen that in the past. However, also, uh, kind of alert. It's it's extremely complex to install, you know, to to use these methodologies uh, in, in in the existing landscape. Because at the end of the day, it must work, and we we, we should not end up 
with the, with the IT architecture or landscape. And that holds true for big companies, for small companies, for medium-sized companies. We should not end up with an IT landscape, which is at the end of the day a mess which we need to clean up that in five years from now, you know. So it must fit together and it must be clean also. Okay, and you know, we're just about at the edge of our break. When we come back, we're going to ask Toby Ortwine from PAC. Toby, you're going to kick it off and talk about what you told me. Innovation comes increasingly from networks, and I know you have an interesting example here from the automotive industry that started two decades ago looking at how they can innovate, tighten things up, and put in efficiency. So we'll kick it off with Toby when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to a very fast and furious discussion here about iTech innovations and efficiencies that can breed the resources that you can put into game-changing techniques, strategies, tools, and mindsets for the rest of your company. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. If you want to tweet us what you're drinking, we will read it if we see it. Tweet us at pound sign SAP Radio Coffee. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial or that mouse or whatever you're listening. Justin, take it away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. I'm talking to Peter Russo, Senior Director of Marketing at SAP, Toby Ortwine, Senior VP at PAC, PAC, Dr. Uwe Hecker, who has informed me I'm supposed to call him just Uwe, and I will do that, Senior VP at T-Systems, and Sasha Kuhlman, who is a Director of Enterprise Architecture at SAP America. So, Toby, take us away. Let's talk about what you were saying when we left. Innovation comes increasingly from networks. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. So uh, mm-hmm. just what I would love to see uh, more in the future in the IT industry or in the cooperation between the IT departments, the business users, and the, finally the the IT suppliers is more to use working in business networks and bringing innovation in networks uh, on the point how this supports the, the operational business of, of the IT users finally. Uh, that's what we have seen already many years ago in the, in the, in the, IT, in the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an apprenticeship in the automotive industry, I think it was more than 20 years ago, and they already started at that point to bring their tier one suppliers into their core business, into developing and bringing new innovation into complete systems. And that's what I miss for the moment a little bit, is to make innovation happen by collaborating by, by using networks of the IT industry as well, IT product, IT services industry working more close together with the business users. And I think this is anyway a trend we see on the market, which is going to happen in the future. But it's uh, not clearly managed. And, and what I see, but maybe uh, uh, Uwe Heckert can, can also talk you a little bit about because mm-hmm. they have big customers in the, in the automotive industry, uh, how, this, how this works. But that's the normal way to bring innovation on the point by using networks and dedicated expertise and capabilities of my IT partners they have with regard what already Pete said to knowledge also of processes, knowledge of technology uh, uh, and things like that. And I think uh, what Sasha is doing is, is nothing else than bringing, having a network, 900 universities, I think, uh, uh, what, you, what you mentioned in the call, bringing them together and making innovation uh, happened uh, in the IT. Thank you, Toby. And let's, you just brought up Uwe. Uwe, why don't you take this move ahead for us? What do you think? Well, it's really the point. I mean, as Toby mentioned, um, uh, we have, we are in, in, in two dimensions uh, with our customers on the way, and be it Daimler or also other German based large car manufacturers and also other big companies, but also medium sized companies. Uh, we have to fix basics. But at the end of the day, the customer also expects from us, you know, to know about uh, the innovations, the innovations uh, roadmap, uh, all the fancy stuff that, which they can use. But they, but they do not want to have from us only uh, the technology. They want from us kind of use cases. They want from us to understand the business, as you also discussed in the previous slot. So, so it's a very uh, it's a very aspirational thing also uh, for us, and it's kind of also game-changing for the, uh, let's say, for the ICT services industry, which was completely different, I don't know, maybe eight or ten years ago. Uh, now it's it's very much going into that uh, that direction to, to, to keep the basic stuff under control and manage it accordingly, uh, but also to help the customer to bring innovations on the ground, to bring them up to life uh, and help them, 
also to implement it uh, in a way where the business can benefit from uh, Okay, I want to ask you all, and anybody can jump in on this one. We like to talk about the Game Changer DNA on this show. And by the way, a quick shout-out to Kelly. Thank you so much for tweeting about the show, Kelly. Always wonderful to have you on board. She tweets actively every week, and we really appreciate it. So let's talk about the DNA of the Game Changer. And I'd like to think that we have Game Changers on two sides of this equation. We're talking about how do you get the resources, the time, the money from IT efficiencies from system efficiencies, and then you give somebody basically a Christmas gift or a Hanukkah gift wrapped in a bow and say, hey, we've got more people, more time, more money. Go do something with it. So I think we have game changers on both sides of the equation. Does anybody want to talk to me, please, or somebody about yeah, I can, whether – I can, I can take this, uh, Bonnie. This is yeah, how do um, they talk to I each other? I think you're absolutely right, and I think this is like this is how we can bring this together because I think yes. what happened is now in IT is we have a lot of new technologies and tools which are available for IT departments to leverage, you know, whether it's rapid prototyping, whether it's an RDS with rapid deployment solutions, um, um, Peter was mentioning. Yeah? And then you have like methodologies like business networks, integration, system thinking, um, and all this stuff. And the one at the bottom side is just like thinking about what are the tools I have available. And I think today IT staff has to really reassess, are we using all the same stuff? Are we still saying, oh, you know what, I have this software in my in my uh, data center already. This is exactly what I'm going to use. Or are there other things I can use, I can leverage to be innovative, to, to drive an innovative approach? Mm-hmm. There's also something, especially like the RDS and the rapid prototyping, which can really do cost savings or cloud computing. It can drive cost savings. And the point is like there, if you free up that cost, it's not about reducing the IT department, but shifting that budget into a more innovative approach where you say, now I'm going to spend really on this high-value area. I'm going to spend time to collaborate with different customers, with networks, to really drive a, a totally new solution, which is then the true innovative in terms of really driving a company value, yeah? Yeah, and exactly. That's really those there, two things so one thing I would add is coming together. Yeah, Go ahead, Peter. You know, we're always bouncing between IT costs to keep the, the lights on and innovation. And by reducing kind of, let's say, keeping the lights on portion, that doesn't mean that this budget is going away or anything. I mean, IT is all about innovation. I'm always against this IT is dead. IT doesn't stop. There's always a new fringe and area for, for companies to explore with that. And if you look at kind of the, this way of, of increasing the amount of innovation. It started with a reduction in hardware costs with virtualization and leaner systems to run there. It, it moved into services, and we saw that with offshoring, and we've seen that with um, kind of a lot of factory type of project settings. Uh, and now we see it all kind of coming together in complete solutions with, with software, with services, really tailored for, for the business need. So um, I, I think it's really a, a great spot that we're in uh, as far as an industry moving in this direction and, and improving how much innovation companies can, can eke out each year. Sasha, what do you think? Do we still yeah, have I, Sasha? I, 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 I fully agree with that, what I said, what, what um, I think Peter was building on top of this. Yeah? So I, I believe absolutely you're right. We have innovative tools. But we have to really also think where does what tool make sense. Yeah? And, and this, this leads into the point, again, 
seeing the bigger picture. Where do I have more cost efficiency gain, and where do I drive to effectiveness to really do the right things, not doing the things right, as Toby really mentioned this really clearly. Yeah. Exactly. I want to bring up another another reversal of what we're talking about. We're basically talking about how can IT look at its house and say, okay, what can we do now to do this? There's there's a reason we need to free up resources. What if another part of the company comes to IT and says, hey, guys, hey, gals, we need this much manpower, woman power, person power. We need this many dollars. We need this amount of freed up time. Figure something out. Clean up your act, smooth things out, get these efficiencies in place. We're giving you X number of weeks or months, and we want to report on because we really have a project we're dying to do, and you're going to give us the fuel to run it. Does that happen, Peter? Do you see that where it comes from elsewhere in the company, and they go back to IT and say, okay, now the burden's on you. Figure it out. Yeah, exactly. We And I see that a lot in my business. I would mention a company out there, Hunter Douglas, which uh, provides uh, window mm-hmm. treatments inside of yes. the U.S. If we have any U.S. callers, they're based in, in New Jersey. Great company. I think they've been around almost 100 years. And they were caught on a point. They had really no way of documenting their customer interactions, communications, or having any type of historical view. And uh, they're a big company. They're over $2 billion, so it's... it's pretty amazing what, what they've achieved without a system like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, they got the commitment from the business. They saw the need there. It, it came out of the uh, sales uh, management area. They got that buy-in from IT. And, again, using this approach of rapid deployment solutions, they went live in eight weeks. And they th- this was a game-changer for this company. hundred years without any really... Um, documentation of, of, of how they communicated, communicated with customers, how they're interacting with them. You could just imagine now seeing that information, the wealth of data that they have, uh, it, it's just a, a huge innovation for the company. And, you know, this is a 100-year-old company, and, and it's kind of brought new life to them as well from something like this. Sounds like somebody might have come in and knocked on somebody's head and said, bang, bang, open up. There's, the, the times have modernized. There's so you much got out there. You got it. So exactly. much out there that you can do. To, uh, you know, a real great historic business. That's right. And the, and the big question is, what were they waiting for? But then that's, that's uh, no longer an issue there. Uh, we have two minutes till the break. Anybody else have any interesting examples you want to give? Any name dropping? We always love to hear name dropping here on the show. I mean, a good example I have is probably like Valero Energy in the U.S. Yeah? Yes. You got all stuff, and when you think about value delivery, it's like an iterative processes when you drive value. They did a tremendous rollout of their own company portal. But what they did is like instead of just building a portal and adopting it, they actually spent a lot of time before they started implementing working with early prototypes, really big Think about really big um, printouts like those A0 printout plotters where they showed the end user, this is how it's going to look like. This is the portal, how we envision it. And they got feedback, and they got feedback back, and they changed it, and and they did another iteration. So they did like several iterations for two, three months. And then they really know exactly what they want to do. And the the benefit of that is then also it's another kind of focusing bonding with Mm-hmm. then know exactly what those people do, and that means that in your implementation, you don't have to focus on those things you might, you don't, you're not clear about what you have to focus on, yeah? You, you get the scope to say, really, this is what my customer wants. 
this is what I do. It reduces the implementation time. So they wrote this out in six months. Actually, they had discussion with SAP at that time. We said, you need 12. They said, no, we're going to do it in six. We said, you're crazy. They did it in six months, of course. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really something which is, I think, this early prototyping, this iteration, really getting feedback from the customer, not like two months before go live, yeah? just early on, understanding really, is this what you're looking for? Is something you see anywhere where innovation comes into the game, yeah? Whether it's Apple de- 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 uh, developing um, and, and, uh, the mouse from Xerox, this was Xerox did an engineering version of the mouse, and mm-hmm. Apple actually did a user-centric mouse. And they did early prototypes. They, t- they, they took a little, like, you know, those butter, those butter uh, holders you put on the tables to cover it. They took this yeah. cover at a certain point of time, put a golf ball under it, and said, is this what you're looking for? So people could touch this thing and say, oh, yeah, that feels good. I might can use ah, it now. No, and it's, there it's, you it's, go. It's you know what? We're changing the game. We're ready to go to our final break. Thank you so much for that great example. Very, very interesting and exciting, actually. When we come back, it's time for the crystal ball segment. I'm going to ask all four of my guests, Peter, Toby, Uwe, and Sasha, to look ahead to 2017, and I'll ask the question when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Zoom Leadership It's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal Zoom Leadership It's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And it's time for the crystal ball segment. Bless you, whoever's coughing. Hang tight. We're almost done. Okay. Question is, five years from today in March 2017, would we still be having this discussion? Will IT still have cleanup to do? Will it be so efficient, so squeaky clean, streamlined, that we will never have to say it's time to put these processes in place, tighten them up, and and get rapid deployment solutions? Will that era have passed? So let's start with my first guest, Peter Russo. Go ahead. Sure. So my answer to that is yes and no. So what I think we're going to have in, in five years' time is a hybrid mix uh, when, when you think about the, the architectures that are out there. So, you know, history repeats itself. It's, it's not always in the same way, uh, but certainly in a similar pattern. And if we look at architectural shifts before, um, you know, client server has been around now for 20-plus for years. And mainframe isn't dead. So um, I, I think from the user perspective, things will be simpler, easier, more intuitive, and I think that's great, and I think we're really getting there more and more these last few years. For IT, uh, it, it's still going to be uh, uh, a heavy job, but I think mm-hmm. it's getting easier. And I think, you know, we have lots of platforms out there, SaaS, on-premise, mobile, analytics, and, you know, Companies are going to pick what's right for them for the solution, and I think they're going to gravitate to SaaS for kind of more simple peripheral processes. There's still going to be a lot of complex processes and industry solutions that are best served on-premise, and uh, maybe analytics and mobility is a little bit a a mix of the two. So I certainly see a a hybrid mix and just a focus on functionality, ease of use, and integration. Thank you, Peter. And let's move to Toby Ortwine at PAC. Toby, what do you see five years from today? Yeah, I like Pete's answer. You see that he is the experience as an analyst saying yes or no. Um, <laughs> the thing is, what, what, what I want to take is a little bit how, how innovation is going to make happen in, in the future and how the collaboration or who is going to make happen this innovation of the company? Is it driven by the CIO, by the IT departments? Is it more driven by the IT, by the user side, by the business operations? And I think uh, that the settlement, the organizational aspect of the IT will change dramatically in the in the next five years. That IT won't be a, a pillar in, anymore in, in the organizations. IT will be much more stronger, integrated, in the business departments, in the different business departments, and, and therefore in the processes and, 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 and business mm-hmm. functions, and company delivers, and and therefore I think, and that's what we see already today, is that innovation with a real business impact is increasingly driven from the business departments, and that's also what we expect. Looking at the crystal ball, what's going to happen uh, uh, in the future. Thank you, Toby. Terrific answer. Uwe Heckert, what do you see five years ahead, please? Uh, I think we will be probably a bit slower than we all <laughs> want to be in terms of innovation. So I believe that we are still riding both horses. So mm-hmm. we will fix uh, basic stuff. However, with 
very likely with more with pre-configured solutions, with templates, with much more standardization as we have it, as we see it today. So it really comes back to a more commodity type of approach for, for the basics. You know, what that's the stuff what we are talking about already for a long time, but now it's going to get implemented. But on the other hand side, we will do more innovations. It's not 90% innovations, but it's more innovation, and that goes to in topics like mobility, in topics like cloud, which is really uh, going up now, uh, really uh, uh, taking a broader broader scale. Uh, but it also addresses topics like security, <clears throat> which comes with cloud discussions. Uh, mm-hmm. Much more important than in the past, it goes into collaboration, and also sustainability will be a big topic in the future. So that's what my take is on that. Thank you very much. You brought in a lot of really good topics, and and those are ideas for future shows. And Sasha Kuhlman, rounding out our panel, what do you see in 2017? Where will we be? So I agree with 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 uh, Uwe and the guys said before. Five years is not a long time. That's but right. I think to say nothing will change is just the wrong thing to do. We have to drastically think about how how IT will change their role. And if you're still having the same discussion in five years, you're behind track. Now you can have this discussion you're on, the, on the train and you're, you still can write. You're not probably in the first seat. Yeah? People have done this actually already like five years earlier. But the point is like I want you just, all the listeners, if you have kids or you, you have some interaction, I have 17, 13, and, and, and seven years old. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I see in those five years separation, it's a different topic how I got there, but, but um, in the five years of difference, it is tremendous how they interact with IT differently. And, with, and, and, and this will come to our point. And I tell you, if I look at my seven-year-old, it is something I tell you I cannot imagine she will ever work in IT systems we provide today. And this, this pressure, this, this emphasis, this, this, this expectation on how applications should look like, how things have to see, will tremendously change our piece, probably not in five years. But you have to look ahead. You have to be not a slower. You don't have to slow down as IT. I think we want to we want to start and, and push and support the acceleration of being more innovative. And so I think we really have to look at our five-year-olds, our seven-year-olds, and think about what does this mean for enterprise IT, and how do we really have to change the way we're doing things. Thank you, Sasha. Brilliant, brilliant perspective in comparing it to ages of kids in IT. Appreciate that. Okay, time to wrap up here. Next week is March 14th, 2012. We'll be talking a brand new topic for the show, the smart grid, utility companies, and big data lighting up the game-changing skies. You won't believe what we're going to talk about then. And March 21st, we're going to go back to one of our favorite topics, customer experience, and talk about case studies, loving your current customer base, how that can really work for you. And author Becky Carroll will be back to talk more about her book, The Hidden Power of Your Customers. Shout-outs, thank-yous, of course. Where would we be without Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberly, Wendy and Nesbeth, Lucas and Patrick, you know who you are, and Justin and the team at the Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Always a pleasure to bring you Coffee Break with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel. We'll be back next week with lots more. Remember, tweet us any time of the day or night you want at pound sign SAP Radio or pound sign SAP Radio Coffee, and we'll be thrilled to respond. Thanks to everyone who tweeted today. Thanks to all my special guests. You all rock and roll. Have a great day. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye.
Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back.